episode 152 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. We'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to all of that. We'll we'll get to the NBA playoffs. We'll touch on the Warriors' dominance so far over Dallas. We'll get to the great series that Boston is having against a seemingly uh, dwindling Miami Heat. And we will also get to some Knicks news surrounding potential draft and potential trade talks as well uh, involving the Knicks potentially trying to improve the team during this offseason. Um, so we'll get to the Knicks news. We'll get to the NBA draft. We will get to the um, uh, the playoffs as well. I, I apologize. Um, I'm, I'm a little slow to start here because, um, because I do have to address the events in not only Buffalo, but in Uvalde, Texas, that have taken place over the last few days and, and weeks. And um, because, I, listen, I, I want to make it very clear, right? Besides sending my prayers, my love and support to the families and to the victims, there's really not much um, physically that I can do or many of us can do. It really comes down to um, to Congress, to the government, to put laws in place that stop people that shouldn't have guns from getting guns and from getting very powerful guns. Uh, this is a, this is actually, I, I thought about this the other day. We, we've talked about a lot of issues, um, that have intertwined with sports, right? On this show. Um, we, we've talked about issues with China. We've talked about issues with race. We've talked about issues uh, between genders. Uh, I, I feel like we've talked about a lot of issues. And I want to say first and foremost that it's been very nice to have this space to be able to talk about that openly with you, the audience, and with anybody else that catches you know, a look at this podcast or a listen it's been nice to have this forum to openly talk about that and have a conversation about it without, you know, uh, what's the right term, you know, being, uh, yelled, yelled and screamed at by people that are either uneducated or don't know what they're talking about. Right. It's been, it's been very nice. And I've always gotten positive feedback just from bringing the issue up, whether you agree or disagree with it for the most part, you know, it's been nice to hear that, you know, there are there are people out there that are still willing to talk about these things without getting nasty and, frankly, disrespectful with each other. My view on the issue is that it. Might, by the way, my view on this issue has never changed. You know, I I'm somebody that you know, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show before, but I'm somebody that as a kid was a a Boy Scout. And through scouting, had a lot of opportunities to be around guns, right? Whether it's been in shooting ranges or summer camp or whatever. And I have gone shooting with friends and things like that, whether it's skeet shooting or rifle shooting or even something, you know, less benign. I should say more benign, like uh, like archery shooting, 
things like that. I, I've enjoyed the sport of it uh, on a personal note over the years. However, um, it's very clear, and it's been very clear, frankly, for decades in this country, that there are too many guns, first of all, and there are too many powerful guns, and it's too easy for anybody to be able to purchase a gun and, frankly, powerful automatic weapons. Now, before anybody, you know, before anybody gets, you know, all up in arms and I get the, you know, you're taking our guns away nonsense, I'm not suggesting to get rid of all guns. I, I can't stress that enough. Nobody, by the way, is suggesting that. Anybody that is saying that to you has no idea what they're talking about. None. Nobody is trying to infringe on the rights of people who take care of their weapons and store them properly and don't put them in the same room as their ammo. You get what I'm saying. That do it properly. Right? We're not trying to take guns away from those people. We're trying to take guns away from people who shouldn't have them and make it more difficult for those people to purchase them. This is not difficult in theory. The concept is not difficult. What is difficult is the fact that there are people in our government that would rather get money from the IRA. I should pardon me, the NRA. Beg your pardon, not the not the IRA, the NRA. Let me be very clear: the NRA influences the government and is a big reason why certain lawmakers will not budge on this or will wait as long as they can to sign things like this. I, I think the latest thing that's been pushed to the Senate, uh, and I and I think Steve Kerr even said this. Uh, is this red flag law, right? Anytime that, you know, an incident pops up where this, it looks a little shady, why this person's buying a gun, the proper, pro from my understanding, the proper protocols will be put into place to check out that situation. The, the police will have an option under the law to go to that person's house and investigate it and potentially stop something like this from happening to children, to teachers, Innocent people who are just trying to go to bleeping school. We're talking about elementary school. And anybody out there, I know there's plenty of people here that listen to the podcast that are parents. I know there's plenty of people that have interacted with me on social media in one way or another who are parents. I can't imagine... I can't imagine. I don't have kids myself. I can't imagine what that must be like to have to worry about that. The only person I, I, I was thinking about yesterday was my mom because I, I, I worried what she must have been thinking. I know, you know, I'm, I'm well aged out of school and so, so of my, uh, so is my sibling, but it, it's, it, this feels like it should be a lot easier of a solution than it's being turned into. This is children we're talking about. If, we, if our country can't protect them, how, how do we expect them to protect the rest of us?
it, it's frankly appalling that this has not been addressed sooner. There's not much else I can really say about it because I, I part of me is at a loss for words, frankly. I just just watching people react to it yesterday, and I was I was actually doing I was doing a uh, a U.S. Open Cup game on ESPN Plus last night. I had to do you know a brief mention of it because the game I was doing, uh, New York City FC and, and New England Revolution. Um, in Queens, they did a moment of silence before the game for the victims, and we mentioned it on the air. And I just, you know, took a an hour before the game just to reflect on it, and it was, you know, even my broadcast partner and I were talking about it before the game, and he's, I don't know if anyone, you know, knows I'm not going to say his name because I'm not sure if anyone knows who he is, but my broadcast partner is from Europe, played in Europe soccer professionally way back in the, uh, I believe it was this, the 70s and the 80s. Um, and we were just talking about how it's it's absolutely unacceptable how far this has gone. How far this has gone. I mean, I was looking at a New York Times map and it just was highlighting the shootings since I think the 90s that have happened in this country. And it's all over the country. It's all over the country. I mean, almost half the states are covered in the United States. Almost half. It's frankly unacceptable. And I don't want to say, you know, what, what my instinct is to say which is, you know, thoughts and prayers and all that stuff. I know at this point it's just white noise. It really just doesn't, it doesn't, I don't know if it truly helps. I, I don't know. I think I don't, I don't know. That's what I keep coming back to. I don't know. All I know is that it doesn't, it doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem fair at all. For anybody. And, and I think Steve, Pardon me, Steve Kerr's Steve Kerr's thoughts on this before the before Game Four, I, I thought were perfectly put. Something has to be done. Something has to be done, and it has to be done yesterday. And that's all I that's all I can say. Um. Last thing I'll say about it in the same vein is just to say to you, let me know what you think about it. I trust this group of listeners to be thoughtful about this. Um, you guys have been very thoughtful with many issues that we've brought up on this podcast. And uh, if I've said this once, I'll say it again. Sports impacts society and vice versa. So the last thing I want to see is the 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 shut up and dribble bs and what i've loved about this group about you guys about my my audience is you don't go there you understand the significance of it so i commend you for that that's why i'm opening it up in the comments and on posting and toasting and in my twitter feed at sj7 um let me know what you think if you need a place to vent on this um, we are giving you that opportunity. Please just be civil about it. 
I, you know, please, just your two cents. We don't need anybody getting into arguments with anybody in the comments. And, and to be fair, that's never happened, from, to my knowledge, in our setup here. But please, keep it civil. Please just give us your two cents. We want to hear from you, as always, on this issue and, and all issues, uh, alongside what we do here with, with the Knicks and on the NBA as well. We that With that, and probably one of the worst transitions I could possibly make, we're going to try and talk basketball now. Uh, I apologize for that. Um, you know, I, I just knew I, I knew one thing. I didn't want to take up half the show with, with it because I know a lot of you come to this show to escape this stuff. So I, and I do understand that as well. But it can't go unaddressed. It can't. I think I, I, I'd like to think you guys understand that as well. I can't just sit here and act like nothing happened and just talk about who the Knicks should take in the, in the draft. Can't do it. We'll talk about that now, but we can't, can't just let it go without addressing it. All right. Later on in the show, we will talk about the NBA playoffs. We will talk about some of the, the rumors as far as the trades and, and moves the Knicks could potentially make and who could be involved in those moves pardon me as well but first let's talk about the draft and i and i do want to mention just looking at mock drafts the last week or so it's been one of those things where you know not a not a lot has changed frankly but teams with players has changed if that makes sense like certain certain teams are being looked at to be eyeing certain players, which has slightly adjusted it a little bit, but frankly, not by much. Um, I will say that many mock drafts now have the Knicks taking Ty Ty Washington out of Kentucky, a player that I actually mentioned last week. And it's one of those things where I think, you know, again, the, the Kentucky connection continues to thrive uh, for the Knicks. Knox and quickly one worked out. Uh, the, the latter of those two won. The former has not and has since been traded. But the Knicks have gone down that path multiple times recently. And you know, the two guys that I immediately looked at you know, for the Knicks to have on their radar were Ochai Abaji out of Kansas, who's a shooting guard but has the size at 6'6 and can handle the ball, could potentially be an option there. But then Ty Ty Washington, you know, is more of a natural fit at the point guard position. And I think the Knicks should, should consider him at the 11th pick. I think he makes some sense. And again, the Knicks need to start firing on some point guards. They need to address this issue. It cannot be, you know, left to just stand there, uh, to sit there. So, you know, Blake Wesley's a combo guard. Dyson Daniels is a combo guard. There's actually... You know, we, we have some Know Your Prospect articles on on the website you can start taking a look at. Dyson Daniels is on there. You could take a little bit more of a deep dive on what he is providing. So those are all options for the Knicks. And I think that, I really think this is the position the Knicks have to address in the draft. Again, and it has to be done in the first round. It has to be done in the first round. The Knicks, the Knicks cannot keep doing this in the second round because they can't get the home run pick in the first. They need to get something in the first that is in the point guard position. 
You know, I mean, when you look in the second round, there's not bad options. I mean, uh, a couple of mock drafts have the Knicks taking a combo guard out of Alabama named J.D. Davison, who's a decent player, but, you know, has a lot of room to grow, right? I mean, Johnny Juzang is an option, but he's a wing. Michael Porter, or actually, Michael Foster is a power forward who could be in that mix, a G League player. Don't think he's a, a good fit right now for what the Knicks need, right? I mean, we mentioned Champagny and Jared Roden last week as potential options, but you know, the, these are all guys that really don't fit what the Knicks need right now, in my opinion. It's one of those things. I mean, when you look deep, deep into the draft, when you're looking at Isaiah Brockington, Cameron McGusty, we mentioned Roden out of Seton Hall, my alma mater. Jordan Hall is a combo guard out of St. Joe's who's 6'7", but I, I just don't know what he brings. I mean, Hugo Besson has been mentioned as well, and, and immediately I just think, but does he fit? You know, do we want to go through the Nilakina thing again? Maybe, I don't know. Is this guy legit? I don't, I'm not sure, right? Um, but again, as far as the draft is concerned, I think the Knicks... With this 11th pick, they almost have to go guard, and I think they need to go point guard here. They have to. And I think the best option is Ty Ty Washington, or, again, if you want to see what Ochai Abaji can do, you can take him, and you have a few options with him, because he's very versatile and very talented and, ha and is a great athlete. He can really provide different looks at the guard positions. So... That's where I'm kind of hoping the Knicks go. I mean, listen, many of the best players in this draft are going to be gone by 11. Jaden Ivey, who I think would be the home run pick, is going to be gone by the end of the, uh, you know, by the time Sacramento picks at four, either they'll take him or he'll be gone, right? Because Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, Paolo Bancaro, and Jaden Ivey are the consensus top four in some order, right? Keegan Murray... Benedict Mather and Johnny Davis are kind of that next tier. And then you're looking at A.J. Griffin, Shadon Sharp, and Ochai Abaji before you get to maybe Eason out of LSU, Ty Ty Washington out of Kentucky, Jalen Duran out of Memphis. You know, that's when that group starts to come in. And then it's a big drop off, I would say, as far as talent from there. But again, it's, it's the NBA draft. You should be able to find somebody. But again, the way the Knicks have handled it, they just still have never addressed the the point guard position. And, and listen, I'll just say this. it's As far as depth at the point guard position in this draft, if I had to rate it out of 10, it's probably a 7. You know, there's some there, but you're going to have to develop a lot of it. You know, it's there, there's not many home run picks at the point guard position in this draft. Ty Ty Washington could be one of them. And I think the Knicks, if they can, should take him. You know, but we'll see. Maybe the Knicks will fall in love with Ochai Abaji, or maybe they'll trade up. You know, there were talks that the Knicks were going to talk to Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis won't be there at 11. Let's be very clear. <laughs> He's not going to be there past 10 at the, at the latest. Most people have him going 6th or 7th. It's a very good player out of Wisconsin. So that all needs to be looked at by the Knicks front office. But again, if not in the draft, when are the Knicks going to go after this point guard position? When are they going to solidify it? They've waited two decades. They've got to do it. 
They've got to do it. I keep pushing for it because until the Knicks do that, they won't be truly contending for an NBA championship. They won't. There's no team left in the NBA playoffs that doesn't have a good point guard on it. And there hasn't been for at least a round or two. There just isn't. So you need to address that position if you're going to make it happen. So we'll see. We'll see what the Knicks decide to do. The draft is coming up in a little under a month. And we'll have plenty of coverage of it as the weeks go by leading up to that first pick that will be made by Orlando. One thing I'll mention before we take the break, I'm debating whether or not to do a live reaction to the Knicks draft. We did it last year. I think we've actually done it three or four years in a row. The draft, ooh, you know know what will help? What will help with this is when the actual, not the day of the draft, but the day of the week the draft is on will help us quite a bit to figure this out. I forgot what day of the week it's actually on. Um, I beg your pardon while I take a look. So, oh, what day? What day is June twenty third this year? Hold on, we're gonna check this, and it's kind to us again. Oh my goodness, the draft is on a Thursday night, which means we will be recording the podcast then, and we'll give you a live draft reaction. So there you go, live and exclusive. <laughs> on the Posting and Toasting podcast network here. We'll do it. We'll have another live draft reaction that'll turn into a podcast like we've done each of the last three years. We're going to do it again for year four, and we will react live to the draft and to the Knicks picks. What we'll do is what we did last year. We'll react to the first 10 and then the Knicks this year because the Knicks are 11th, and then we'll react to the Knicks' second-round pick We'll do it all live, and any moves, you know, mixing and matching the Knicks will do, we will keep an eye on all of it, and we will bring you that live commentary because you guys really have enjoyed it the last few years. So that's a nice way to end a very crazy segment. So I, I that's what, book that, June 23rd, Thursday for the Friday podcast. We will react live to the NBA draft yet again this year as the draft kindly falls for us again on a Thursday night okay we'll take the break here when we come back we'll talk nba playoffs and we'll talk a little bit of trade rumors around the league all of that and more is coming up next on the shock shock Knicks podcast and on the posting and toasting podcast network just want to thank you guys again just as we begin the second half of the podcast for you're allowing me to balance the real life, you know, situations with this escape we call sports. And uh, again, let me know what you think about everything, Nick's everything going on uh, in, you know, in the real world with what's going on with the the, the tragedy in, in Uvalde and in Buffalo in that shopping center as well. Let me know what you all think about it. And again, be civil in the comments. But just again, thank you for allowing me to to do both to do both on this show because i think it needs to be done it needs to be done this way and it's i think it's the best way to do it so again thank you and uh, and now let's dive in second half of the show 
Let's begin with some of the draft, I should say, some really just trade rumors in general around the NBA. The, the biggest one involving the Knicks is that there's now talk uh, amongst writers and, and things of that nature that maybe for the Knicks to make something happen this offseason, their best trade asset, and this is from Bleacher Report mostly, that the best trade asset for the Knicks is R.J. Barrett. Should they move him, basically? that That's kind of been the the sentiment uh, over the last couple of days and listen you know Jalen Brunson's been talked about can the Knicks get him in a trade we'll see I'm not sure I- I'm very hesitant to move RJ Barrett on I I, I would be I-, I frankly I've always sat on the on the side of you got to keep him he's the future and-, and I think that I still believe that barring the Knicks getting a bona fide superstar that's really the only caveat i have for that take you know so it'll be it'll be interesting i mean what one thing that's slightly involved with the trade stuff with the knicks is that you know there's a new york post article i think that came out late last night or maybe you know the late late night um yesterday i should say from mark berman basically saying that the team brass really wants Jaden ivy and they want him to be the starting point guard. Like I said, the Knicks want the home run. Are they going to do what it takes to to get the home run? And listen, you know, I, I get Jaden Ivey's a CAA client. Leon Rose is Mr. CAA. Um, I know that impacts who gets drafted by who and, and things like that. But, um, but these are really just, it's really just speculation at this point. I, I don't think the Knicks, uh, frankly are going to put their chips down on the table and trade for him. So I, I, that's kind of where I stand on it, right? I just don't think the Knicks are actually going to put their you-know-what's on the table and actually trade up. I don't think they're going to do it. I don't. If they do, depending on what they give up, I think it'd be a phenomenal get. Jaden Ivey, I, I would argue Jaden Ivey is the best player in the whole damn draft. I think he's that good. I really do. And the Knicks, with Tibbs there could develop him into a really good player. But the Knicks would have to give up quite a bit to even get into that range to take him, and I don't know if they're going to do it. In my opinion, the Knicks need to trade up to four or five to even have a shot at him, and I don't think they're going to do it. I really don't. So that's where I stand on it. And the Knicks have to be careful here as well because he could go one or two, Jaden Ivey. He really could I know all the draft boards are saying Jabari Smith, this, Chet Holmgren, that, Paolo Bancaro over here. But I could see a scenario where one of those top two teams takes Jaden Ivey. He's that good. I'm not saying he's, he's by far. This is no LeBron situation where it's a, it's a slam dunk who's going to get picked first or anything like that. But he's that good. He's that good. Jaden Ivey is that good. I think he's got to be the pick if you're gonna. You got to make sure if you're gonna trade up, you're gonna trade up. Which I think if the Knicks can do it, I think you got to consider it. You got to make sure you get him. That's the risk, right? If the Knicks trade up to four and he goes at three, you're you're like, what on earth did the Knicks just do? Wow. Because at that point, you you gotta do it. You gotta get him. 
Because the other three top picks are all players at positions the Knicks really don't necessarily need. They're all, they're all fours or fives. So the Knicks, if they're going to trade up, they, I, I, I think they really have to get to that three spot minimum to really secure it. But it's a, it's a big ask. Again, this is why I don't talk about this a lot because I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the Knicks will actually do it or, or be capable of doing it because it's a huge amount of equity that they'll have to give up to do it. So that's kind of where I, I stand on it. I don't think the Knicks will do it, I, and I frankly don't think the Knicks are capable of doing it. That's a lot to give up. Even for Jaden Ivey, that's a lot to give up. So we'll see. That, that's kind of, that's my two cents. That's my two cents on it. You know, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. But he's that good. Jaden Ivey's phenomenal. And if the Knicks had a top five pick, I, I, would, I, I don't know how much draft we'd talk. I'd just keep saying, take Jaden Ivey, for God's sake. Please do it. For all that is good and holy, take Jaden Ivey. Please <laughs> select this man. But if the Knicks are not in that position. So we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see how it plays out. But for the time being, it's much more likely that Jaden Ivey is going to go somewhere else. Much more likely. One last little piece of, uh, of I guess it's trade news that we could talk about as well. Andrew Wiggins' name has come up in trade talks recently. This is slightly different as far as the Knicks stuff is concerned. It's off the Knicks' radar slightly. Um Andrew Wiggins and Mike Connolly actually have both been linked with potential moves to the Cavs, which is certainly interesting. The Cavs are kind of where the Knicks are right now, right? I mean, they were a huge surprise. Uh, the only difference is the Cavs didn't even make it to the playoffs, but they made it to the play-in. They lost, uh, similarly to the Knicks, uh, to the Hawks. So that was great. And uh, frankly, they're looking to bolster their depth. And Andrew Wiggins and Mike Connolly could certainly provide that as well I mean the Cavs and the Knicks are in very similar spots they're coming off of years maybe not in exact same spots but similar trajectories and the Cavs are just a year behind the Knicks in a way that's really what it is um and it's very it's very interesting to kind of see if they can do this how it's going to improve the team I mean there's some Speculation saying the Cavs could trade Karis LeVert for Mike Connolly in, in essentially a straight-up trade to try and improve the backcourt depth on this team. And then Wiggins could come in and be a starter and really, you know, help send this team to the next level. And to be fair, it's a little bit, you know, it, it's a better situation, you know, up front for a plan for Cleveland than what the Knicks end up having, although hindsight's twenty twenty. But to be fair, you know, when the Knicks got Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, we all thought it was going to be great. Fournier had a good season, but Kemba Walker flopped. The point guard position remains a problem, and the Knicks, you know, didn't make the playoffs, let alone, or I should say the play-in, let alone the playoffs. So those are all situations that will have to be addressed for both teams. But I, was just, I just thought that was an interesting parallel and worth bringing up on the show this week because there's another team that's in a very similar spot trying to improve their squad as the Knicks are. That's one of their plans. I'm very curious to see what what the Knicks' plan is because I frankly at this point don't know what it will be if I'm being totally honest with you. All right, playoff talk to wrap up the show this week. 
fully diving in to the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. Both series are on the brink, uh, starting with Warriors-Mavericks. Frankly, uh, this has been one-way traffic in this series. Uh, Warriors dominated the first two games of it. Second game was a little bit tighter, but, but most of the time Golden State was in control. And then the huge win in Game 3 on Sunday, 109-100. That was where I thought the series was going to tilt one way or another. I thought if if Dallas won that game, we'd have a series on our hands, and they ended up falling 109-100. to And really, for Dallas in particular, it, it kind of fell apart in the third quarter where Golden State continued to shine in the second half of games this postseason. It's where they've done a lot of their damage. And... Steph had 31 in Game 3. Thought he was very, very good. Had 11 assists. And Klay Thompson had 19 points. But really, we just mentioned him earlier as far as being a trade guy, trade option. But Andrew Wiggins had 27 points and 11 rebounds. I mean, he was just tremendous. And he had that crazy poster dunk as well over Luka that was initially ruled a charge. It was very clearly a blocking foul that was changed back to a bucket on review. It was a nasty dunk over Luka, tremendous, and uh, Warriors went up 3-0, and frankly, I thought they were going to sweep them, uh, and it looked good for Dallas for, for three chunks of game four, third quarter in particular, they blew out Golden State, and they were up big going into the fourth, but Warriors outscored Dallas 39-20 to in the fourth, and actually nearly pulled it back, they got it to single digits at one point, I think the largest lead Geez, what was the largest lead? It was pretty big, if I remember correctly. Um, I think it was like 27. Correct me if I'm wrong. The lead was close to 30 multiple times, if not at 30. And it was 27 going into the fourth. And 29, maybe? It was, I forget. 27 or 29 going into the fourth. Regardless, doesn't matter. The Warriors put up a heck of a fight to get back into it. Got it back to single digits and... Dallas closed it out. They won 119-109. I kept watching the highlights back, and I just kept thinking, wait, is Golden State going to come back? Like, I think that was anytime Dallas in the third kind of put up a, a big bucket, Golden State kind of stayed around. I'm like, Golden State going to come back in this game? And then and then you're like, oh, boy, got down to single digits. Not great for Dallas. But the Mavericks held on. They send it back to Golden State where you would think Golden State will wrap things up in game five we'll see we will see the other series certainly has taken multiple twists and turns the heat were up 2-1 in the series against boston after a 109-103 win in boston in game three and it was a game where multiple guys for both teams got hurt marcus smart did a paul pierce from the 08 finals and came out after it looked like he was going to be injured and Played well, but the Heat survived. What a crazy game that was. But Jimmy Butler's been hurt ever since. And the series has been all Boston, frankly, since that game. Game four was a blowout. It was 102-82 in favor of the Celtics. And I thought game five was a toss-up, frankly, in Miami. And the Celtics dominated for the majority of the game. And in in the fourth, it really wasn't close. The third quarter, I think the Celtics doubled up the Heat outscored them 32 to 16 that that's dominating a team in a quarter and they won 93 80 and boston has miami to the sword going back 
to Beantown for a game six where I think Boston will win. I really do. After game four was over, I kind of felt if Jimmy Butler is not going to be the same in this series, I think that Boston's going to win, and that has been what has happened since. It's been all Boston since that injury occurred, and I really, first time in this series, I really feel like it's going to be Boston who wins it, and I think Miami's going to run out of gas here at the worst possible time, and I think that I think it's going to be a Celtics-Warriors NBA Finals. That's that's kind of where I think it's going to go at this point. So we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. But I, I'm kind of leaning Celtics-Warriors here. I would pick the Warriors to win, obviously. I think they're the best team left in the postseason now that Phoenix has been eliminated. But I, I think this is going to be... I will say this. I, I, the Heat won't go down without a fight. That, that would be very unlike them if they were to go down without a fight in game six. But I, I don't think they're going to win it. If they do, I, to be fair, I think I, I think Miami hosting a game seven, that's a toss-up game, the way Boston's played in this series. But if the Heat can win game six, you never know. Game seven, anything happens. Anything can happen, right? You, you throw the record books out in a game seven. So we'll see. We'll see, but I think Boston wins. I think Boston wins game six. They go to the finals out of the East, and I think the Warriors will wrap things up in game five, and they will go to the NBA finals as well. Yet again, Golden State continues to dominate, and I I think that they will go to the NBA finals in this resurgent year where Clay has come back and has been Clay again. I I think they're going to go to the NBA finals, and I, I think right now... Right now, I think they're going to win it. I think this feels like this feels like Golden State's to lose right now. This feels like a Golden State resurgent run to a title to kind of validate you know, with or with or without KD, we're the best team of this era. That's kind of what's up for grabs right now for Golden State. And maybe it's a little too early to talk about that legacy, but that's what feels like it's on, is on the line for Golden State. They have the chance to stamp their authority as the team of the era. The team of this generation, you know, for the last 10 years, they're the team. Because they because now you can't say anything, right? They've done it with KD. They did it before that without KD, and if they do it again without KD, there's really no debating the greatness of the Warriors. The greatness of Steve Kerr as a coach, of Steph Curry, of Klay Thompson, And I know you're not going to like this one, everybody, but of Draymond Green as well. So you can't deny them anything after this if they win it. But they got to finish off Dallas first. Got to knock Luka out and finish the job. And then they got to take on Boston or maybe Miami. Who knows? I, I will say this. If it's Miami... It's going to be a very interesting series. That one would be tougher for me to pick just because of how well Miami defends on the perimeter. Not that Boston doesn't, but I, I just feel like at their height, Miami, I think, you know, Miami gives Golden State a better series than Boston. But I will say this if Boston continues to shoot as well from three as they're shooting, Warriors Celtics is going to be an unbelievable series if it happens. I the fact that that's how, like if Boston shooting that well from 3 
they might be able to keep up with the Warriors. That's that'll be nuts. That that would be a nutso kind of series, you know. That, because that's the other thing, right? Robert Williams kind of becomes obsolete against Golden State. He really doesn't matter as much in the, in a series with Golden State because if Miami matches up with them, they can handle it on the perimeter. The Celtics have to adjust quite a bit because Robert Williams now not a factor, not really as much of a of a weapon against Golden State as he would be against Miami and has been against Miami. So we'll leave it there. Uh, but let me know what you think about the potential NBA Finals matchup, about the Knicks in the draft, the Knicks in free agency and via trades, trade rumors around the NBA about what's going on in the country as a whole and about you know what, what's going on with the NBA draft as well. Let me know what you think in the comments on postingandtoasting.com under the Shock Shock Knicks podcast logo or at SJ7 on Twitter. And let me know what you think about everything that's going on. Stay safe out there, everybody. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to the podcast. And I'll see you all next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.